All right, good morning. Good to see everybody here today in our main campus and for you guys that are joining us online. So as Taylor said, so over these past weeks, we've been talking about this whole idea of amplified voices that we need to tone down or get rid of and then amplify the voice of God and listen to what it is that he has to say. So today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to figure out how to listen to the voice of God. And so I want to give you a little precursor into why this is really important. It's important for a couple different reasons. One is that this naturally happens in the life of a lot of Christian people. If somebody brings something up and says, like, this is something you need to work on, so here's some voices in your life, don't let them speak, don't let them, you know, don't listen to them. And so you make these arrangements, right, in your life to nelegate or get rid of, you know, or bring down those voices, but you don't fill it with anything else, right? And so here's what Scripture says. When you take your house and you sweep it clean, but don't fill it with anything else, just so you know, it's coming back, and what you took out of it is going to come back even seven times worse than what it was like the first time. So what I'm saying is is that we have to figure out how to be able to not only get rid of those voices, but to fill yourself with the voice of God, right, and fill yourself with his presence so that when we hear from him, we can live the way that he's called each one of us to live. Now, I think for every one of us in this room, if I asked the question, if we went around and interviewed each one of you and said, hey, would you like it if God spoke to you? Most people would be, at least I hope, (laughs) right? Like, yes, that would be great because it would help me so much make decisions in my life and help me so much in the things that I'm doing. If he would just blurt it out, you know, instead of being so mysterious and, and you know, I don't really know and, and not really sure if it's his voice or it's my voice and I'd get really confused. If he just showed up on the scene and spoke to me, it would be so much easier. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to help bring some clarity to hearing the voice of God because I do think most people want to hear from God, but I do think that they get confused is it me? Is it him? You know, is what he's saying something that I really need to do or don't need to do? How does that work? And the other thing that we're going to do in the midst of it is we're going to help each one of you recognize that when we listen to the voice of God and when we move forward in our lives with those things, that he can plan us in a place that we need to be, right? And that we can operate out of that in a place that, that God wants us to be. So my hope for today is, is that you can understand how to listen to the voice of God, that we can understand how to take out other voices, but bring clarity to the voice that's trying to speak to you. Because here's what we know, right? If you're sitting here today, I want you to consider a couple different things. The first question I want you to consider is to think about is if you, if somebody came up and asked you and said, have you ever heard from God before? You know, I think a lot of us would be like, ah, I don't know. I'm not real sure. Cause, and you're almost like, I don't even know if I want to say that because if I'm a Christian, surely I should have heard the voice of God. So I want you to ask yourself, you know, if, if, if you haven't heard from God before or felt like God is speaking to you, the question always becomes why? Because here's what we know about God, right? He wants to speak to you, right? Like he's not having one of those bad relationship days. Like if you ever have one of those with your spouse or your kids where you're just like, I don't want to talk to you today. No one? Yeah, right? Like you're just like, I, can you please, I don't want to look there, don't want to look at you, I just want to like be silent, don't want to talk. You know, we all have those. Well, God doesn't have bad relationship days. He's not looking at you and saying like, 
you're annoying me today, I'm not going to talk to you. Like he wants to speak. So the question always is, if he wants to speak to us and wants to be in relationship with us, why aren't we hearing? So part of it could be, hey, we just need to learn, right? We need to learn how to hear from the voice of God, how to put us in a position and prepare our heart to hear from him. Or it could be this. This would be my other question for you. Do you really want to know what he has to say? I mean, think about this. Like, do you really want to hear what he has to say? Because a lot of times we invite God into the things that we are doing and ask him to bless them, not to blow them up. Right? But just so you know, if you invite God to speak freely in your life, he is blowing some stuff up. That's just the way that it works. He's going to be, if he's going to speak into you and he's free to have any conversation with you, he's not reserved. He's going to say what he needs to say based upon, you know, what he wants in your life. And for some of us, it's going to blow up the way that we're living. And the question just is, are you okay with that? Because we're going to see this later on. So later on in uh, the message today, you're going to see, and this is from personal experience. God wants to speak to you, but here's what you need to know. If you are not listening and continue to not listen, it's not that God doesn't want to speak to you, but it's going to be hard for you to hear his voice. Like if you continue to say no. You know what I mean? Like he asks you to do something and you're like, no, no, no. And then you get to this place like, I can't figure out why I can't hear the voice of God anymore. And part of it is because you squelched the voice of God. He doesn't want to speak to you, but you've not prepared your heart and you haven't opened yourself up to this question, right? Or to this place of saying, speak because whatever you have to say, I'm going to listen, right? In the midst of that. So here's the first thing that we're going to look at. So to be able to hear the voice of God and to be able to hear it clearly, you're going to have to plant yourself in the word of God, right? So that's the first thing. If you want to hear it, then you're going to have to plant yourself in the word of God. Now, here's a difference, okay? There's going to, when we talk about planting yourself in the Word of God, it's different than getting the verse of the day. You know how that works? Like, comes up on your phone or comes up on your screen, and you get the verse of the day, and you read it, and you're like, oh, that was a good verse, and I'm going to share it with somebody. Which it is good, right? And it is good to have that. Planting yourself in the Word is different than doing your devotions to check something off of your list. Right? And again, good to do devotions, but not... Planting yourself is more than just like, oh, it's day 37, I'm going to do day 37, and then you check it off your list. Or if you have the Bible app on your phone, it's like, I'm on day six, I'm going to do day six, and, I, and it, the Bible app keeps reminding you you haven't finished your plan yet, so you need to finish your plan. And so then you go back, and it's like, i got to finish my plan. And so it's more about finishing the plan than planting yourself in the Word of God, right? So what we're going to talk about is what does it really look like to plant yourself in the Word of God. So we're going to look in Psalms 1. So if you have a Bible today, we're going to do a lot of different scriptures. So you might have trouble like keeping up going back and forth. So you can either write them down or if you want to try to flip through, you can. But the first one's going to be in Psalms 1. And in Psalms 1, it talks about what does it look like for somebody to be planted in the Word of God and what does it look like for us to do that so that we can hear the voice of God. So it starts like this in verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So he starts off with this idea. Blessed is the person who doesn't walk with, right? Doesn't stand with 
and doesn't sit with voices that are outside of the voice of God, right? So that's what he's saying. So if you want to get to the place where you want to hear from the word of God and you want to hear from him clearly, you got to stop standing, sitting, and walking with the wicked, right? Now, there's a complete difference in should we be in relationship with people who don't know Jesus? Yes, but what he's talking about is this circle of voices that have influence. That's why he says stand, sit, and walk, right? Because it's more than just like relationship. It's like you're in a deeper relationship and you're hearing the voices. So you're not going to be blessed if you do those things because for sure this is going to happen. Those voices will always drown out the voice of God. If you are standing, sitting, and walking with those circles of people, as hard as you try to hear from God, you're not going to hear because these voices will always be louder than the voice of God. Then he goes on and he says this, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So he says, blessed is the one who doesn't do these things, but blessed is the one who, uh, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on the law day and night. So what does it mean to meditate? Okay. So it's for sure not, you know, I think a lot of times you think meditation, somebody's crossing their legs. I'd give you a demonstration, but I can't sit Indian style, but you know, so like, mm, right, like meditate, sit around, think about, you know, get into your Zen or whatever those things are. Meditation when it comes to scripture is this. Okay, so when you approach the word of God, and again, we're going to elaborate on this later. When you approach the word of God, you're approaching it to store it up inside of your heart, not just to get the answers you want. Okay, and we'll talk about this later. But a lot of times your approach to scripture is, I have a need, I'm going to get an answer. I have a need, I'm going to get an answer. And so you actually look at the book more as like a self-help book than you do as something you need to store up. Right? So inside of this, he's saying to meditate means to read and to store it up, which means you're going to put it inside of your heart so that when you come to these places of daily circumstances where you need to hear from the God on this circumstance, it's already stored up. Right? So it's already there. You already have the answer. You don't have to wait for God to speak to you. Because for a lot of you, you've had these like daily circumstances that come up. You've stored it up. And you're like, well, this is what Scripture says. Right? And so all of a sudden, God is speaking because you've meditated on those words and you stored them up inside of your heart instead of just checking them off your list. Okay? So meditate on the Word of God. Store it up inside of your heart. Then he goes on to give us an example that if you do that... If you delight in it, if you store it up, if you do those things, here's what he says. Verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so for the wicked. They are like chaff. The wind blows away. The wind, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So he gives us this example. If you meditate on the word of God and you store it up in your heart, you're going to be like a tree planted next to a stream. Okay, so I think most people know this. If you plant a tree near the stream and the stream is lower, the roots are going to go deeper. 
right? Like that's what we know. So we know if you plant it there and there's a consistent water source, the roots are going to go to the source of the water, right? So they're going to go deep and into or next to the stream. So he says, if you meditate on the word of God, here's what it's going to be like. Your roots are going to go deep, right? And your relationship is going to go deep. And when the wind blows, so speaking of voices, Right? Because remember when we're talking about like voices are trying to blow you in the direction that they want you to go? We're tracking with that, right? So if you are a tree and your roots are deep, if you've ever tried to get out a tree that's roots are deep, a lot of things get broke in the process, right? Like, you know, if you're trying to pull that tree out, lots of things get bent, lots of things get broken, lots of things get messed up because it is hard to pull a tree out of the ground where the roots are deep, Right? Roots that are not deep, the wind blows and the tree's over, right? The wind blows and, and, and with no root base, it's just over in a matter of a second. So he says, you as a tree planted in the word of God are going to have deep roots. And so the voices of the world are not going to blow you over or blow you in a direction that they want you to go, but God doesn't, okay? But then there is this other example that's like chaff. Right, if you've ever seen chaff and the wind blows, which way does the chaff go? The way the wind blows, right? Because it's really light, and as soon as the wind blows, that chaff is blowing. And then if the wind changed direction, where's the chaff going? In the direction of the wind. That is what a person is like if you're not rooted deep in the word. People's voices blow you around everywhere, right? So people's voices and not the voice of God will blow you or influence you in the places that you know, you're not supposed to be, but at the end of the day, you end up there because, again, you don't have the deep roots. How do you get the deep roots? Meditate on the Word of God. Don't just check it off your list. Good. Plant yourself inside of it. Here's the next one. The next one is hearing from God is personal, okay? So how do you approach the Bible? I want you to think about this personally, okay? So I want you to think personally how you approach the Bible because I think we have a tendency to approach the Bible to get the answers that we want, okay? Something in life's going on, somebody tells you you should go into Scripture because Scripture has all of the answers, right? So yeah, so you go in there and you, you look it up and Scripture has the answers. And so if you use Scripture as a self-help book and an answer book, I want you to, I want to kind of walk down this road with you. This is what happens. So you, you, you need some answers, where do you go? The Bible, right? If you don't need any answers, where do you go? Not the Bible, right? Because the place of the Bible is where you're going for answers. I mean, think about it, right? If you're going there for answers and you don't need any answers, why would you ever go to the Bible? Because the only reason that you go to the Bible is for answers, right? So there's this relationship with the Bible, which is like a relationship in a self-help book. I have this problem. Where is the chapter on this, I'm going to look it up, I'm going to read about it, I'm going to get better, and then I'm going to close it until I need something else from God, right? And just so we understand, that is not how Scripture is supposed to be approached. Scripture is never be, supposed to be approached from the standpoint of, I'm going to go there to get the answers that I need, or I'm going to go there to get what I want. Scripture should be approached as, I'm going here because I want to be in relationship with God regardless if I get the answers. You see the difference? You know, it's the whole idea in relationship. We talk about this a lot inside of relationship. A lot of people love as long as love is reciprocated. Anybody know that in their marriage? Anybody know that, in, right? 
Like you love as long as the person loves you back or you'll do as long as you get something back. And so you approach relationship that it's transactional, right? You, you, you approach a relationship saying, if I do, I will get, if I do, I will get, and you will do because you get. Well, a lot of people approach their relationship with God with the same transaction. If I, I'll go and read the Bible as long as I get what I want. And, we'll, and I'm going to stop reading the Bible if I'm not getting the answers that I want. How many people have fallen away from reading Scripture for one of two reasons? One, you don't need any answers. Or two, you're not getting the answers that you want. And you're just like, I've been reading this thing and then I'm praying about it and I don't get the answers that I want. So I don't need this thing anymore. And I'm telling you, listen, the way that we're supposed to approach Scripture is the same way as you're supposed to approach Scripture in relationships that you're in. With people, it's the same as a relationship with God. I'm going here because I want to know you more regardless if you give me anything. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to be in relationship with you. And if I never get what I ask for or I never get what I need, you're all I need. Right? And so how different is that as a way to approach Scripture as just saying, Lord, regardless of what's happening in my life, I just need to know you. And I need to be with you today. I need to be in relationship with today. And I know that I might not get anything back, but at the end of the day, I want you to know I love you and I'm going to pursue you. Because we know this in relationship. If you're not pursuing somebody, is it a relationship anyway? Right? I mean, think about this. I mean, is it a loving, I mean, if you're in love with somebody, are you pursuing them? Well, you better, you're going to get slapped silly. I mean, or you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to be in relationship, right? If you're not pursuing somebody in relationship, you're not going to have relationship. So the same thing is when it comes to, to, to God is pursue him in relationship. And the way that we pursue him is to approach scripture from a way to say, I just want to know you more. I want to love you more. And in reading this, reveal more of yourself to me. So Corinne, who you've seen her up here lead worship before, had one of those moments. So she was um, in a Bible study with Michelle. And in this Bible study, you know, God started to reveal to her some like how she was approaching Scripture and how God started to kind of shift that and say, you're going to approach Scripture from a different direction. So I want you to watch this. So I think for me, scripture has always been the place I turn when I need help or the place I turn when I'm sad or I need direction or um, different areas that I, I felt like I needed. It was like, okay, I can go to scripture. And I feel like that for me gave me this, this perspective that the word of God was for me and it was a tool for me to use and not necessarily a way to get closer to God. Um, so my my history with scripture has been, yeah, a lot of like, I thought I was in a good place. I thought I was reading with a, a content heart, one that was, you know, based on the Lord and that I wanted to serve. But when I still kind of dig into that, it's more of, no, I'm, I'm looking to scripture for answers and not that the answer is God. Um, so I think as I've journeyed and as I'm still journeying, because it is still very much a journey, um, I'm learning more and more that the Bible is a story of God. And I think our small group really points to that, that, that it is a story about God and that everything that we read about is 
is about God. And as we we dive into learning more about him, as we learn more attributes about him, as we see his his sovereignty, his his loyalty, his trustworthiness, everything that is is present throughout scripture, yes, we get that sense of, of we're learning more about ourselves and we learn more of who we are and we're helped in that way. But again, it points back to God and not, I'm reading for me. So I think that has been one of the biggest things I've been learning over the past couple years has been this shift of scripture is for me and for me only to now scripture is about God. And I learn about myself through God and God provides for me through that space, but it's ultimately about him. I love when she said, when I was watching that uh, before, is, is that when she says, here's the answer when I approach scripture, the answer is God. Like, that's the answer, right? So we can go to it with a lot of different perspectives looking for the answer, but the real answer is God, right? And a relationship with him. And then we work out everything else, right, inside of our life based upon the answer is God. Because you, listen, if you've lived long enough, this is what you know. You don't always get your way. And you don't always get your answer. Right? Like when you're reading scripture, we just want it to give us this clear and we want it to turn out the way that we want it to turn out. And the question just comes back when it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to turn out, is God enough? Is he enough? Because that's why we would approach it. Because we as Christian people would say, scripture is personal. And because it's personal, it's enough. Because what I need is the relationship more than I need the answer. Right? And we need that relationship uh, in, in our lives. So the next one is this, is that listen to him for a plan. So we, as Christian people, sometimes do this, I think. And maybe it's not even Christian people, but I think a lot of people do this. We, we get plans, right? So you make plans, like this is what I'm doing. And then we say, hey, God, will you bless these plans? You know what I mean? Like you come up with all the plans and you're, you got all these things together and then you're saying, hey God, will you bless this? And, and ultimately, I think the reason that we're asking this question is because in the back of our minds we're thinking, well, if he doesn't bless it, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? So I got to make sure that he has, I got to make sure I have his blessing, you know, because if I don't have his blessing, it's not going to work. But how many times we're like, well, I think I got his blessing. I'm not sure I got his blessing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right? I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do it because I'm not sure if I did and I'm not sure if I didn't, but at the end of the day, I've already made the plan, so what am I going to do? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, I used to talk about this uh, with Sherry, is like I would put all these things together and I'd be like, hey, honey, just so you know, you know, this is what you're doing and you're okay with it. I mean, it was actually already done, but I'm like, but you're okay with it, right? You know, and that's how we approach it. We want to just make sure that they feel like they're a part of it. You know what I mean? That's what I was trying to do is just make sure you feel like a part. I mean, we're already signed in the bank things. Like, we're on the way to the bank to buy a property, and she's never seen the property. I just want to make sure she felt like a part of the plan, right? But isn't it the same way? Like, when you bring God into your plans, you just want to make sure that he feels like he's a part of it? Like, you just want to make sure that, hey, God's on board with your plan? Instead of saying, like, listen, Here's what we have to know. It's far better for us to start with, God, what do you want your plan to be, right? And how is it that you want us to approach those things? How is it that we can hear from you? Because so many times when we put these plans together and we're like, God, what do you think of this plan? You're like, I don't really, I can't hear. Well, part of the reason is, is you don't want to hear anyway because you already have your plan. 
I mean, really, would you change your plan? I mean, come on. You already have it all together. You already have it all set. I mean, would you really? I mean, you might modify it, but you, would you blow your plan up, you know, to start over? No, lots of people are like, I'm not blowing it up. God, just bless the thing for crying out loud, right? And so at the end of the day, we've got to start with this blank slate that would say, God, what's your plan going to be? And I want to be a part of that plan because that's far better for me. So this scripture is in 1 Samuel. So 1 Samuel 3, and we're going to be reading verses 2 through 10. So in this, I want you to get you a picture of how I think that we should listen to God, right? So this is 1 Samuel 3, 2 through 10. And you can go back to it if, if you can't get turned to it right away or watch it up on the screen. But listen to how the response of God's uh, servant inside of this is. So he says, one night... Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then uh, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel, here I am. Sorry. The Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went back and and he went to lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And on a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, okay, so at this point, if he calls you and you know it's from the Lord, this is how I want you to respond. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went uh, to lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, for your servant is listening. Here's what I want you to see. God's calling, and there is a response that's very important. Okay, so see Samuel's response. The first part of his response was, speak. I want to hear from you, right? So I'm open, and my heart is open to what you have to say. So he says, speak, and then he says, your servant, Okay, now this is hugely important. Sometimes we treat God as if we are his workers and not his servants. Okay, and you want to know what the difference is? As a worker, you get a choice to walk off the job. As a servant, you get no choice. Right? If he asks you, if you're, if you're a worker for God, you get a chance to say, you know what, I don't really want to do that job. I'm not going to do it. If you're a servant, you're going to do whatever the master says, right? A true servant does whatever the master says. So do you see the language and why that's so important? He's saying, listen, you need to start approaching your Christian walk as you're listening to God as a servant, not a worker, right? You are saying, speak to me and you can speak to me. You know why you can speak to me? For two reasons. I'm your servant and here's the other key piece. I'm actually listening to you. And you know there's a huge difference between hearing and listening, right? 
So have you ever sat with somebody that hears you? You know, you're in a meeting and they're hearing what you have to say, but they're kind of distracted and they're looking by you and at the end of the day, it doesn't really change the course of their life at all. But they heard you. Or if you ever tried to raise kids like that, you know what I mean? They, they hear what you say, but they don't really listen to you. Amen to any parents? Come on, like really? Like you're saying it, and if you ask them to repeat it, they heard you, they ain't listening, right? Because the difference in listening is you heard, you, you, you process informa- this information, and you're going to do what you're told, right? That's the difference between listening and hearing. So he says to each one of you as Christian people, when you approach to being able to hear from the word of God, you have to approach it from saying, please speak to me. I am your servant, and I am listening. So if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it, not because I understand it, because this is the problem with people sometimes. It's like you want to hear from God and you want it to make sense. Just so you know, most of the time you hear from God, it makes zero sense, but it doesn't matter. You're a servant. Right? Like that's just the way it works. I'm just going to give you a precursor. If you're really open to hear God speak, just so you know, there are times where it's not going to make sense when he tells you to do something. Right? So you have to approach it from the standpoint of, I'm a servant who trusts my master, so I'm going to do whatever he asks me to do. Right? So he tells us uh, to be able to do that. The next thing is this. You have, to have to, you have to have a place to process what God's saying. Okay? You have to have a place. When I say a place, this is what I mean. We say at Life Church all the time, if you want to really grow in your faith and you really want to be used for the Lord, you're going to have to get out of rows and get into circles. It's just a reality. If you just sit in a row on a Sunday morning and, and you hear somebody else say something, but you have nobody else to process that with, right, and it just is left like this, a lot of times that growth or what you hear or what God's speaking into your life is just going to go away. So we always tell people, when you leave this, you need to get in a circle. Now, your circle can look differently. It could be with your spouse. It could be with your family. It could be a small group. It could be somebody that you're mentoring. It's whatever it is, but you're going to get in a circle, and in this circle, you're going to process what's God saying to me, right? And in that circle and in that community, you're going to have a place where two things can happen, right? And this is really important. One of the things that can happen is the person in the circle can confirm what God is saying to you, okay? Like, yep, I hear, see, that makes complete sense. Like, when you're sitting in a circle, you're like, this is what I think God said to me today. And that person's going to be like, yep, that's right. You know, I, I think that makes sense. And you're going to encourage them, right? And that's going to make hearing easier because you're confirming in that other person or somebody's confirming in you, wow, God really spoke and it's cool. Does that make sense? Here's the other thing that you're going to do. You're going to come to a place where you're going to say, that right there that you just said is not from the Lord. And I know you don't want to say this, but I'm telling you right now, I've sat in conversations with people who say, I heard from God, and I will tell them, you did not hear from God, and here's why. What you just said contradicts Scripture, and that's not true. It's just not true. Like, I know what you think you heard, and I know what you think. You did get a message, but just so you know, it's from the enemy and not from God. Because that does happen, 
right? We hear and we think and we put things together and then all of a sudden you need somebody because you have blinders on and you're looking at it and the message fits your situation and you're like, oh, this is so perfect. And then you come up and you were like, I don't want to share because this is what you need to do. I want to share like, this is what God said to me. And then that person saying, if that's what he said, then let me show you what he really says. Because don't give him your opinion. That goes terrible, right? Give him the word, right? Show them where the word of God contradicts what they're saying they think that they heard. And that's important in community, and you got to be able to do both. you got to be able to encourage, and you got to be able to rebuke. And both those encouragements come through the word of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so make sure that you have a place to do it. Here's the last one. He wants to speak to you through the Holy Spirit, okay? So here's what we know. Quick theology real quick. So if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you as a Christian have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, okay? And the Holy Spirit is living inside of you not to be a hood ornament, right? It's not just so you can say the Holy Spirit's living inside of me. The Holy Spirit's living inside of you. There's a multitude of reasons, but the one that we're going to talk about today is this, so that he can lead you. That's why the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So in uh, Romans, this is what he says. In Romans 8, 14, he says, For those who are led by the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God, are children of God. So the worship team is going to come back up. I want to end it. But here's what I want you to think about. Children of God are led by the Spirit. And the only way, I want you to understand this, the only way that you can be led is if you're listening. Right? You can't be led if you're not open to listen. And so the way that the Holy Spirit works, I want to put it into like terminology. Like have you ever had these like feelings to do something? Thank you. <laughs> like we're going to have to start all over. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you have this feeling like I should go talk to somebody, I should call, I should pray for, I should do, I should give, I should, like that feeling, that's how the Holy Spirit starts the leading process. Like he prompts you to be able to do things. But here's what you have to know, and I want to be careful when I say this, is that there are a multitude of ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to you and how the Holy Spirit can work to speak through you. Two different things. So here's what I want to share with you. So I'm going to share, you, share with you a part of my story. And in sharing a part of my story, I want to tell you how the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and those things have spoke to me personally, and how it's transformed, and how the avenues in which I heard and the way that it worked was for me. And I'm going to tell you a little bit how other people have spoken heard from the Word of God and spoke to me in this. And what I want to be clear on is that I'm going to give you my own personal story. But remember, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and he's not contained in a box that is a certain formula. Listen, he wants to speak to you, and whatever he has to do to be able to get it done, he's going to do it. Right, So don't take what I say as a recipe, like this is the way God speaks all the time through these circumstances, because if God wants to speak to you, he's going to get your attention, and he's going to find a way to get it done. Just know I want to share part of my experience. So I want to share this part of it in the beginning. So when I gave my life to Christ, I told you guys this, uh, if you've ever heard my story, I gave my life to Christ, and when I gave my life to Christ, immediately I heard, you know what I mean, I've never like 
heard, but you know how you hear? Yes, like just something you know that you can't dispute, right? Like you can't write it off. I heard from God, I want you to go into full-time ministry, which is really weird if you knew my past, right? Like this wasn't ever going to be the thing. And I want to share it with you because I want to show you the progression of this. I heard it plain as day. I've never forgot it, but I denied the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you what happens when you do that. Because I'm like, no way. I'm not doing that. I'm not going into full-time ministry. I'm not taking that risk. I'm not doing those things. So you know how the Holy Spirit keeps reminding you? Do you remember what I said? Do you remember when I said and the voice gets a little bit less and the turmoil gets a little bit more? You know what I mean? When the voice goes down, the struggle goes up, right? Because you keep walking away from the voice that's trying to speak to you. And that was my life, right? Until I got to the place where I said, God, you can really speak to me because I'm going to listen. Because you can be restored. If the voices went down and the turmoils went up, today you can restore that by saying, I'm open and I will listen, right? So it's not something that makes it so you can never hear again. So those things can be changed. So that's one way that God spoke. Here's another way. He says he speaks through dreams and visions, right? So for me, I won't go into the whole story, but uh, a while back, we were, I was driving back with my kids from Earlham, where my brother was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame down there. And we were coming back for a Saturday night church service. We used to do church on Saturday night. And Brady and Isaac are with me, fell asleep in the car, went down, hit a culvert, um, rolled the car three times, uh, Brady, Isaac went out the back window. I went out the front window, and Brady was stuck under the dash. Both Brady and I were airlifted to Fort Wayne on life flight. Um, with, at the time, what everybody told us were very critical injuries. We go up there. A lot of miracles that happened inside of all of that. But we get up there. God did some amazing things. Ended up when I'm discharged from the hospital, I have broken ribs and, you know, my scalp was like peeled back, you know, from going through the window. Um, and so there's a head injury that, you know, I had a lot of stitches in my head, but I get home and when you know you have broken ribs, you can't lay in bed because it's painful. So I'm sitting in a chair, sick of laying in a chair. I go up to my room. It's the middle of the day. Sherry's downstairs. I go and I sit in my room. And as I'm sitting in my room, the act, the room is transformed into the accident scene. You know, so I'm sitting there and the whole room is transformed and I'm seeing it through my eyes being on the ground. So I'm on the ground and I see this demon chewing at my head. And here's what I know, right? Here's what I know scripture says, right? Scripture says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, he has to flee. And I couldn't do it and I couldn't do it. And he's just gnawing. And I finally got to this place where I'm like, God, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, I rebuked the spirit. And as soon as I did, I got this vision of the whole accident scene. And I see this angel dragging away the demon. And around the accident scene was a wall of angels, big angels with swords and fire. And on the other side was demons trying to get to the accident scene. And he takes the demon and he throws it over the side. And it just goes away. And as soon as it goes away, this is what I heard from God. I wanted you to get a picture today that you will never forget of the battle that's going on for your family and your life and the battle that's going on for the souls of mankind. Never forget what's going on in the spiritual realm so you know what to do in the physical realm. Never forgot it. It's clear as day. I had somebody actually draw it. I keep a picture of it in my office because I thought I would forget. I will never forget how he spoke to me that day. Another story is, 
how, you know, other people speak to you. You know, I was saying like I denied God, denied God, and turmoil went up. I was finally at the end of my rope. I'm on a mission trip in Guatemala. I'm at a place where I'm ready to give up. So I'm like, you know what? I can't hear too much turmoil. If you don't speak to me, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I was finally, that day, I said, God, I'm open. Whatever you say, I'll do it. Whatever you say. And so I'm standing in the front of this worship service. Another group from New York had come in. We weren't with them the whole week. I'm standing in the front asking God, speak to me. There in the back, in the middle of worship, this lady walks up to me and says, Mike, when are you going to finally answer the call of God? Because it's so loud, I can hear it from the back. And, I, and I'm like, okay, you know how sometimes he has to really get your attention. That gets your attention, right? Like he speaks through other people. And that's why I'm trying to say, don't put it in a box. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal himself to you. God maybe wants to use you to speak into the life of somebody else. Make yourself open because God wants to speak to each one of us. Will you stand so I can pray for you? So, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and for all of us, we know that this is a daily struggle to be reminded, to listen to your voice over the voice of others. Lord, and not only just listen to your your voice, but plant yourself deep inside of who we are. Lord, speak to us clearly today. Lord, speak to us in, in what we need for our own lives. And Lord, if you're speaking to us that we need to speak to other people, Lord, today we will make this decision. Lord, I'm praying that today people will make the decision that you can speak, that we are servants, and we are listening. May we be a church that says, I want to hear you speak. We are your servants, and we're going to listen. Because here's what we know, Lord. When we get to that position or that posture, you can use us to change the world. Lord, may you use us to change the world. Lord, we love you. To your name we pray. Amen.
So as we leave today, can we not only personally be a people who says, Lord, just speak to me. I will be your servant and I will listen. And I want you to use me to transform the world because he will. That's what he says to each one of us. May we be a church open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, be a church willing to do whatever God calls us to do and be a church that can be a part of transforming the world. Because here's what we know. There's no better place to be than where he is and in the things that he wants to do. So again, thanks for joining us this week on our main campus. Thanks for joining us online. And we'll see you guys as we wrap up the series next week.